Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear... Rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. Well, hello, bitch talkers. This is your basic bitch of, well, I know we did one in January, but we like did one. So now we're here doing a second one because we finished Sundance, which was great, virtually, of course. We just dipped our toe into slam dance uh, for a little bit, and uh, we had some time to catch up, just me and Ange, because Char is, you know, doing her Char things, which sometimes we know, and sometimes we don't. Sometimes it's just like, she's an enigma, as she's Ange an, says. She's an international woman of mystery. Yeah. <laughs> That's correct. But I do want to say that we have officially today been accepted into South by Southwest, which we've been trying. Well, I guess we haven't really been trying, but we've wanted. Wanted, want. So thank (laughs) you, pandemic. Yeah, Yeah, manifesting. And so now we're gonna participate in South by, which is nuts. I mean, virtual, so it's not gonna be the same, but how crazy is this? I don't understand how that happened so fast, first of all. (laughs) Yeah, I sent it in and it's like, welcome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just the music alone, I think we're going to be introduced to so many fucking amazing up and coming talent. I'm I hope so, so excited. And that's that's the beauty of South by that. And we haven't had a lot of musicians on the show. I feel like no, that's not as many sad, as we'd like. Yeah, that's a sad realization to have. Right. Um, yeah. So we're changing that. Yeah. Well, I mean, Soon. there's I, I always forgot that the, uh, when we we're filling out the the whatever it's called hello application uh, thank you yeah uh i'm like reservation no that's not the word uh that the they have comedy too and i'm like yes. oh i miss i just miss comedy in general so that'll be fun um of course i would love to go to it in person of course love austin but this not is right just now the beginning though this is just the beginning we've been accepted so it's going to be that much easier for it- us <laughs> hopefully 2022 will be in person isn't it going to be hilarious if we get into like something like con also? We're like, oh, we're going to con. Okay. I, I told you, You re- do you remember when I was there? I was no. there in 2019. I, w- I went on a cruise with my family. <gasps> That's to right. That's right. And we were at can or con. I don't remember. Whatever. Can't you say potato. I said potato. Right. And I, so basically this, this cruise was planned by my sister and I was just like, okay, I'm coming, but I was working a crazy job. So I had no idea where we yeah, were going. You didn't, you had enough, you had no idea. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> Zero. I, will up, I will partake in the, all you can drink and, and eat. eat. And Jinx. from then on, whatever, I realized we're going to be there during the festival. And I, 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 t- I think I texted you guys that day, if not shortly after. And I was like, okay, I don't know if this festival is for us because everybody was just so glamorous. And even if they were wearing joggers or whatever you know that was like five a five hundred dollar fit you know right. it wasn't just and and sundance is way more up our alley where we could just wear beanies and hoodies and boots, yes no boots. yeah sleeping bag jackets and it doesn't matter to like the oprah party for bet <laughs> you know and we could still go into all this shit and not worry can con whatever you are it was different and i was i i 
you got I a little intimidated. Like, I would feel like I would have to suit up. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. We can get some cute fits. Okay. Okay. I'm all I'm all about just like a cute fucking, you know, jumper. like cute suit and jumper. Like yeah. give me a two-piece suit, cool, check, and give me the cool jumper. I'm good. And like a sequin sequin jacket. We're good. Oh, awesome. okay. All yeah. right. Yeah, cool. see. All right, let's Super do it. Good. Next step. We well, next step we need to learn how to pronounce it. And then next step yeah. we'll be there. <laughs> well, we'll just ask our friend John Wildman. It sounds like he's been there. Which yes. I'm like, if John can go. I think right. we can go. Yeah, yeah. That's not that's not a dig on John. We love you, John. No, but uh, John has helped us feel like we belong. That's why you know it's like okay, John. John says we're worthy. Not that we don't think we are, but he's just been in the biz for so long. He's right. gone to all the festivals forever. So if he, <laughs> if he if he values you know what we bring, then it's it's just more validating. That's all. And I keep looking at Tupac behind you. Do you have your Good. ring on too? No, oh, no, I just, right. just, just the photo. Just the photo. Is that a yeah. photo or is it just a background? Sorry. Well, it's a background that I got from the internet. The, in, the interwebs? Yeah, it's not like my own personal photo, unfortunately. I wasn't oh, well. in the room with him with his shirt off. Well, I taking know, that photo. I know. Well, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I don't know what's happening to you down in, you know, Seal things Beach. Things have happened. Oh, well, not recently, but like 20 years ago, things happened. Exciting okay. things used to happen to me. Yeah. Oh, stop it. Anyways. <laughs> uh, what was I going to ask you? Oh, you've been watching a lot of slam dance movies. Yes. How has that been? Because I it's only been, watched the one. It's been great. I uh, So slam dance normally happens in conjunction with Sundance. And when we're in Park City, we cover both of them equally. And this year, since everything was virtual, slam dance uh, is happening a couple weeks after, which is smart. So um, the great thing is if you're press, you just get access to all the films at your leisure. So, um, so I, smart. Yeah. It, 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 sorry, Sundance. I love you, but slam dance has it's made a, game. It a lot easier, a lot it's more a game comedy changer. for press. Yeah. And so I've just been binge watching and figuring out which films I want to cover, which films I think would be good for us to interview. And there's been the, uh, the gamut, um, some, really heavy films, mm. really incredible documentaries. I've kind of watched almost all of them. Um, but do you, did you want specifics or I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's I been... mean, give maybe a high level of some stuff you've seen. So there just one, if you can. Yeah. So now I'm, now I'm trying to, to think, um, we're going to have some on for sure. So I'm not going to talk about those, but, right. um, one film that I watched is called Taipei suicide story. Okay. And it's a narrative, so it's not a documentary, but it's about this, uh, hotel in, in Taipei that people go to, to commit suicide. And it's, you know, a 24 hour, you come for one day and either you do it or you don't. And, um, what happens in, throughout the course of the film is the the front desk receptionist befriends one of the uh, guests, and obviously the next morning is like, oh my god, did she or didn't she? You know, and is all nervous and scared. So anyway, I don't know. It brings a lot of, it brought up a lot for me, and um, kind of our desensitizing of of us as well. You know, I I don't think of. Uh, a hotel like this is that far in the future, to be honest, especially after the pandemic um, and everything that we're going through and, and, and the depression that, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily consider myself a depressed person, but who couldn't be after the, the year that we've gone through and everything that we're all dealing with personally. So um, 
it, it didn't seem, it didn't feel that far off this hmm. concept. And um, yeah, so that was, a that kind of stuck with me. Um, there was another film, I don't know if we're going to cover it, but it's called A Family. And it was okay. also narrative. And it's about, uh, it was some Eastern European country. So it was uh, subtitled. And uh, this loner, this loner guy that lives in isolation, he hires people to be pretend they're his family members. And he films these videos of them as if they're family videos. Okay. And they all have a script and they all, and it just, it's as awkward as it sounds. And I was just so uncomfortable. And I, I thought it was really interesting. And it's, it's a, it's a, it, it brings up a lot of questions of like what your family, whether you're, whether you're a loner or not, like what, what does your family mean to you? What, what has been missing from your family and, and can strangers fulfill that need? Hmm. And um, are strangers even meant to fulfill, you know, the need of your family or are they supposed to be that that's why they're your friends is because, you know, they're not your, I, family. I don't know. It's just all, it's, it's so, it's just so awkward. And I, I loved it. So it's called a family. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So that was, was it, was it as, um, in, I will say interesting and weird as a uh, tapeworm last year from Sl slam dance. It was in the, off in the, like that in the same vein. Okay. Yeah. It was off like that. Um, I think a little easier to follow though. Tapeworm was just like, where are we going right now? But at right. least with a family, you understood like, okay, he's a loner. He's hiring these people you know, his sister is, is not following the rules properly. And, you know, it just, it, it was fun. It was, it, it sounds depressing, but it was actually, there was like comedy, but it was quiet. It was like okay. a quiet, awkward comedy. Okay. That was weaved throughout. So um, there, there are other great ones, but I'm hoping that we get interviews with them. So I'm not going to, but those are just kind of the first two. And maybe because I started off watching the documentaries and then the next day I watched the narratives, uh, so maybe that's why those two were just off the top of my head because they were both under the narrative. But yeah, yeah, it's great. And and you know, for those that have never heard of Slam Dance, it's it prides itself on being uh, by filmmakers for filmmakers. So it it is a, is definitely a different feel from Sundance, and it doesn't have the clout that Sundance has, but for the better, I think too. Yeah, it's um it's an interesting festival because in in normal times it's there at the same time as Sundance, literally on the same block as Sundance. And it, I, from from what I've read and what I understand, it's kind of like the fu to Sundance, but literally in Sundance's face, which yeah, I love exactly. Yeah. Um, and and you know they've been really great partners uh, to us as Bitch Talk and as they um, gave us a home. Yeah, Festival Daily Buzz, and so um, we're always happy to cover what we can and support them because, of course, we Sundance is independent filmmakers, quote unquote, but Slam Dance is really the independent filmmakers mm -hmm. um and there are really big filmmakers that have come out of slam dance and then you know graduate to sundance and then just become who they are um but uh it, it's fun to think about and and also i i wanted to talk a little bit more if we can dig into sundance um and just like the aftermath of sundance so um i i'm the person that's mainly on the on the socials and like as soon as we have people on, I go and find them. And then I go down the rabbit hole of like, oh, well, you know, these people in the movies, I'm going to like follow them and hopefully, and if, if we've interviewed them, of course, um, follow them, the follow back. And we've got some really great folks um, that have like 
because it's always the best when you've interviewed people and they reshare what what we've done with them. Like that is the best thing that can ever happen out of any of our interviews. Just reshare it. Um, it feels very simple, but it just never it's never consistent. But um, you know, if you've heard some of our Sundance coverage, there's a film that I swear it's going to stick with me for a very long time. And the movie's <laughs> called, the film is called Pleasure and A24 actually bought it. And um, it is about a, it's a young girl from Sweden who comes to LA and wants to be the biggest and best porn star ever. Really beautiful girl, but very young. Um, and there's uh, real life porn actors in it. There just are. And there's one in particular. All of them. All of right. them and behind the camera. Oh, right, 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 right. Except for her, except for the lead. She's yeah. the only one that's not, that's right. So there's one in particular, when I started watching the movie and the credits were rolling, it was like, oh, there's a guy named Chris Cock. Of course there is. And so um, then as, a, as I'm on his Instagram and going down the rabbit hole, uh, when A24 bought pleasure, um, people, of course, I mean, the internet, just kind of hating on the movie already without, I could tell people haven't seen it, hating in it in a way that like, oh, this is just Boogie Nights. That's all oh I kept seeing. Oh my God. It is, in, it is right. nothing right. like Boogie Nights. So, so I just There's, wrote, I wow. just wrote, yeah. And Chris Cock was really- That's frustrating as fuck. It is. And That's I'm the internet. Sure, That's peak Twitter or whatever it was on. Yeah. Instagram, mm -hmm. you know, wherever you can comment. So I, I went on there and I was like, actually, it's the opposite of Boogie Nights. Um, and I, I think that's all I wrote. Um, and whoever whoever it was wrote back, well, how, basically, like, how do you know? It sounds if you read. Oh, what was it? If you read the description, it sounds just like Boogie Nights. And I was oh, like mansplaining, mansplaining. Oh, yeah. it's totally. It's totally a, a fucking bitch talk. Mansplaining yeah. bitch talk. Oh, so I was nice. And I was like, well, actually, we watched the film and interviewed the director. So and he's like, oh, well, I guess when I I know when I've been served. And I was like, OK, but I just like. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's rough. But out of all of that, we got a new follower and his name's Chris Cock and he's in the show. He's in the movie Pleasure. And then Is that my, why he started following because of that conversation you had that and I started following him and then he mm -hmm. followed back. And then so I sent Ange and Char like a, like a happy valent, like just tongue in cheek, happy Valentine's Day. Then he started liking everything that we posted for like a week or something. So it's just like Chris Cock likes this. Chris Cock likes that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I love you, Chris Cock. You're my wow. boy. You're my boy, Chris Cock. Honestly, I think uh, for, for those that have been listening for a long time, there used to be a thing called the John Stamos Minute that ended every yes. show. I feel like now that we have enough, like there should be a, maybe a pleasure minute because we've talked about this film every episode since we've seen it. I'm, sure. I'm kind of ch joking, but a pleasure minute. It pleasure minute. It has a ring to it. It definitely has a ring to it. And pleasure. <laughs> or minute of since, pleasure or. Yeah, ever. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I sent you um, Adrian Marie Brown, which was an event yes. with um, local uh, local space called CIIS. They're actually at their school and they also do a lot of events. Um, and I'm sure whoever's listening, like some of you have heard of her. Um, she's actually on the more recent, um, politically reactive podcast with W. Kamau Bell and Hari, I'm going to screw up his last name. Sure. Who I'd love to have on the show. I'd love, I love to have Hari I, on. I love the podcast. It's I do so too. fucking good. So she, um, 
very, very smart. Her, her um, background is really in facilitation and um, which I love. And it really, now that I've been, because of my day job, been a part of a lot of facilitated conversations, I have a new <laughs> respect for people that facilitate. You have to have a real, I don't know. You just have a very special uh, being uh, in people to, that, that can have to that, be impartial yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and patient on the spot. Like, no. Yeah. The filter. Yeah. I, I don't have the filter for that. Yeah. You know, facilitators aren't there to tell you who's right or wrong. They're just there to ask the really good questions to get to like what's really happening, which mm -hmm. I can appreciate. I mean, it's like therapy in a way, but not. Um, anyways, Adrienne Marie Brown is awesome. Um, she, uh, is a pleasure activist. She actually has a book that came out, I think last year or the year before all about pleasure activism. Um, but she also has a book about cancel culture and, um, she just seems like someone we should have on the show soon. But so pleasure has been like now in my bubble from like her and then the movie, and then I'm doing hustle and play, which I can talk about some other time talking about your play and your pleasure. And I'm like, sure. Why don't we have a minute of pleasure? I think it's, that's what I'm getting to. Pleasure. I think, I think we should just start it today. Okay. Well, we'll end with it. So Our bitch we'll talk minute of pleasure. And it, I mean, it's so God, it can be so many things. It, and that's the beauty of it. And we could always even if we run out of them, just talk about the film again, because for those of you <laughs> listening that have not seen it yet, it stayed with us. And I'm grateful for this film. I am. And it, it was hard to watch at times, but it is nothing like fucking Boogie Nights. And I love that it's from the woman's perspective yes. told by a woman who was deeply involved in the industry before she even tried to make this film. So, and they, they respected her for that. And that's why it's so real. It's so honest. So watch it, watch it and tell us what you think. Yeah. That movie's raw as fuck. Yes. Minute of pleasure. Minute of pleasure. All right. All right. Well, and, we'll, we'll, can it be like that. a brown? It can be whatever you want. Okay. Yeah. That's great. I love it. Let's do it. We have talked about it every episode since. Yeah, I know. I can't help so it. But I mean, with Chris Cock, it's hilarious. He's our new friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Sundance. Uh, are there any other stories we haven't talked about in terms of Sundance? Um, well, I don't know that we talked about Judas and the Black Messiah. No, we have not. Which let's talk I about think, Judas and the Black I Messiah. I think aside from any of the films that we covered, I think we can both agree that that was my favorite movie that I watched at Sunday. Was it your favorite? Well, aside from not including any of the ones that we watched for our interviews, but I watched a bunch of them on the side that we didn't interview for. And yeah, yeah Ju I did Judas, too. Judas, yeah, you did too. And, and Judas and the Black Messiah for sure was just like, fuck, that was so well done, so well acted. A story that I embarrass embarrassingly didn't yeah. know enough about. Right. And uh, I just want to let people know that it is uh, available on HBO Max, but on, only for a month, I believe, and then it's going to go away, and then it's going to come back uh, in the future. But it is available on HBO Max right now. Get it while you can. Get your get your education on. It's Black History Month. You know, right. it's never it's is you know better time than ever to to just learn about our fucked up history. Yeah, and fuck the FBI. I mean, fuck Again, the FBI. Like and double also penetration to bring pleasure back. Double yeah. penetration, the FBI. Yeah. I mean, white, you want to talk about white supremacist culture. Jesus, fuck. Um, 
that yeah that film was excellent and also um yeah, really deep. I don't know if you got to watch the Q&A with the director. I didn't. He, get, he's know. he seems rad. Would love to have him. I on. would love to have him on. I've looked I looked him up, but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch the Q&A. Yeah. And then, you know, one of our friends of the show that has hasn't been on the show yet, but one day he will be. Ryan Coogler is one of the producers on that. Um, and actually, his wife is a producer on it, too, Zinzi. Well, look, <clears> so, Stanfield has been on the show. Right. We need Daniel Kaluuya bring it yeah bring yeah some. he's yeah. amazing he was excellent um yeah that movie was excellent but we and maybe we talked about it with john on the show but maybe not um how how it ends did we talk mm-hmm. about that we did yeah okay we brought it up as one of your well never favorites. mind fuck that fuck it but it's a really good movie i haven't seen if it's gotten uh bought yet but I really it's like going that. To. Come yeah. on, it's so fun. And yeah. I think there's always one or two movies when we're doing Sundance and we're watching like 30 films, there's always one or two that's lighthearted and fun. Everything else is so fucking heavy. And I, you know, I just, uh, uh, I'm, you know, grieving a loss from December and everything was about death. And I think I texted I you, I'm like, can there be more death? What's going on here? And, and that was yeah. fine, it's great films, but how it ends, you know, it's about the end of the world. So you would think right. it, it was like depressing, but it's really fun. And I really appreciate those one or two films that we watch that are lighthearted and just like, okay, I needed a break from the, I love the darkness, but I needed a break. And that's what, how it ends. Was well, yeah, for me. there's, there's so much, there's so much darkness. <laughs> there's yeah. still, yeah. um, did you, speaking of darkness, did you watch any of the impeachment trial? Yes. All of it or just some of it? No, no. It was a thing where I would turn it on, get the gist of what was happening and then be like, okay, I need a fucking break because the, the footage, the never be seen, never before seen footage, it was heavy. It was fucking hard to watch that. And um, I don't, I don't know how it could have been any more clear. I don't either. I don't really know. <laughs> the, the the impeachment managers didn't even have to say anything. They could have just played the videos and it was obvious. Yeah. You know, but it didn't matter because people's decisions were made up before they even entered the room. And Trump's lawyers were a shit show. They I never, couldn't even bring a full thought to fruition. I never watched I never watched that side. So they were so I mean, at least the the opening, the guy who opened was just all over the place and not really making points because they didn't have any. They didn't have any. Right. So that was just, I was just like, okay, I don't, you know, I don't know. I watched because it's, it's history. It's crazy. I mean, how many, can we stop living through historical moments in in time? (laughs) But you know, it's history. I I need to, I need to, to watch it, but it it was, I couldn't watch the whole thing every day. Yeah. I only watched, I think like, uh, it felt like half, at least a half a day. If not, it wasn't the full day. It was a half day, uh, last on that Wednesday when Stacy Plaskett um, was up there uh, going over the case for the for the Democrats. She was so skillful. Obviously, she's been a prosecutor, so skillful at like walking through the steps, showing the videos, photography, whatever, um, uh, the audio when needed. And um, she was wonderful. Eric Slawell was great. He's from here. He's out in Dublin. I love him on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. He's great on Twitter. And also um, my partner was like, 
is he like the only cis white guy that's a part of the that side and i'm like i think so um because i think everyone else was not a cis white guy um like to that to that effect of eric slawell um and that's all i watched and that's all i needed to watch it was a I, like you said, it's important to, to see history and to watch history because it, I mean, there's so much video and so much audio and also to see Eugene Goodman, uh, like his huge yeah. part, uh, and how he fucking saved, um, uh, thank you. I'm all not Mitch McConnell. Oh, him. and everyone, Romney. everyone in the chamber. Right. We all already knew prior to the trial that he brought the masses, the, the, yes. the rioters away from the chamber. They were right outside the door, but he ran the other way. But we didn't see that was part of the unseen footage was Mitt Romney was about to run into the fucking crowd. Right. Right. Like, nope, follow me. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, Insane. I wasn't I wasn't surprised by the outcome. Um, you know, uh, these people I, I've been having like internal conversations and I brought it up last night, like either these folks are so traumatized by what happened that they can't even see, they can't see it. And they're so uh, dedicated to dump 45 and his followers that that's more important than their own lives. And that's, what's frightening. Um, so, so I just, I'm just saying, you know, those folks don't even care about themselves. Well, I, yeah, 100%. I, 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 um, you know, I take solace in it was the most uh, nonpartisan vote for an impeachment ever. So, you know, we, we had more votes than ever are going our, our way. Um, but what pissed me off was Mitch McConnell at the end. Oh, who's not trying even... to, he just voted not to convict and was giving the case to convict. He was basically giving yep. the case for why we should have evicted or evicted, yep. convicted. And I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're trying to save your own ass, basically. You know, he's he um and and it's too little, too late. He pushed for the trial to be late so that Trump wasn't in yes. office anymore. Yep. Yeah, he's saying we can't do it because he's not in office anymore. Right. You know what I mean? It's just like we see you. You're not yeah. fucking fooling anybody. Your no. words mean nothing. Your words mean nothing. And so that was just disgusting to me because I'm like, this just proves that you know you knew all along that you're in the wrong. And you did yep. it anyway. Yep. For your own purposes. Right. I'm like, that didn't make me feel better about him. That made me feel like this validates that you know, you know everything wrong that that 45 did. And right now you're just covering your own ass. And so he's fucking still there. rotten pieces, bitch. Yeah, but he's still there for six more years, which I'm like, oh, God, I didn't know it was so long. Well, um, remember when he was all purple and bruised? Yes, I mean, of he's not I do. okay. He's not okay. There's just <laughs> something's karma. eating him. Something's yeah, eating from him. within. It's just yeah. he's not okay. And he's horrible. And like that grandstanding he did was so disgusting. It was like, just fucking leave. Why even say that? That was so insulting. Yeah. Yeah, it I didn't mean, fool it, anybody, anybody that already knew the truth. It didn't fool anybody. We don't like you now. Like, just fuck off. Right. Forever. Um, fade into the darkness. Um, yeah. Well, he's not at the conversations I, I was having after that. I'm like, we already kind of knew he really is just the party of one. 
which is himself. But that actually proved it. He he's not a Republican. He's obviously not a Democrat. He's Mitch McConnell. And that's his brand. That's all. So if people want to go with that, great. Um, but he has no allegiance to anyone except himself. So um, the problem is he's effective as fuck. I know. That's the problem. This is like, God damn. And this is like Democrats. It's like, oh, my God. When you don't have power, you can't get it done. When you do have power, you still don't get it done. It's just like it's really frustrating. And here Mitch McConnell comes and he just runs the show regardless. It's disgusting. (laughs) It's really frustrating. Yeah, he figured out the system a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another thing on, <laughs> I feel like this is just like podcast reviewing podcasts, but politically reactive. They have a dude, I can't remember his name, talk about the filibuster, which is racist as fuck. Um, and was really, I had no idea about the filibuster. I always hear about abolishing it or get rid of it. And now mm-hmm. I understand the history of it. And yes, it's super racist. Um, but listen to those guys because they know what they're talking about. And even if they don't, they make fun of themselves. And I love it. Mm-hmm. I want them on, on our show. It'll be it'll be called like Brown on Brown or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Po- uh, politically re- rebitchive or something. I don't know. We can we can figure out a name, a joint name. Yeah, I would I would love to have those guys on. Um, anyways, that was a really, really good episode. And if you want to learn anything about a filibuster, um, it was funny getting your text the other day with the flag, because I'm like, I feel you. I'm like, I don't understand. Like American flags are very uh, traumatizing. It's touchy. Yeah. So I'm currently living in Leisure World, which is a retirement community in Seal Beach. 10,000 people live here. It's huge. Uh, Taking care of my mom. And, but don't tell the people in the front office because you have to be yeah. 55 to live here. So you should pretend like you're 55. Keep it on the DL. Yeah. Probably yeah. with your knee, you could just be like, I'm 55. I walk worse than half the people in this community. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, so Get a scooter, Ange. The other day I woke up and there were just American flags lining the streets, just like every, 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 every light post, blah, blah, blah. And I, my first thought was fear. I got anxiety from it and I was like are we being overtaken by MAGA you know like to give you some some context every time they do COVID vaccines across the street which is where it happens here they have like 12 cops like official police not just security um, paddy wagons like they're just blocking the area in case anybody wants to fucking riot or whatever in a in a retirement community that's close to the public and you can't come in unless unless you're personally invited right so i it's already like you know there's a republican club republican club that sets up camp you know still across, yeah oh they're back yeah they're back they set up their little tent nobody ever goes i keep my eye on them don't worry okay. nobody ever goes it's just them sitting like twiddling their thumbs you know it's, Sean, I it's probably just an excuse is it all men uh no there's one oh, never mind Sorry. i thought it was They're i thought it was dudes trying to get that. away from their wives or something so like we're just gonna go do the republican club well one thing i noticed is they don't have a trump flag anymore it's just the republican club yeah interesting all right so um i thought we were being overtaken i was scared when i saw all the american flags and then i realized it was president's day so i was like oh okay exhale <laughs> but it yeah. had a, i had a, a visceral reaction to all those american flags and that's sad that's yeah. just really sad because I, of course, I, I love this country. Of course, I love, you know, the everything that it afforded my family as immigrants, of course. But 
you know, that, that flag has turned into something different now. Yeah. And, and that's horrible. That's horrible. So anyway, yeah, that was. Yeah. Uh, the place that I, I work, uh, we voted on uh, changing up some of our holidays this year, which I thought was great. And these are steps that some businesses can take. I think um, that are, you know, I'm not going to say they're easy, but they are, uh, I think, um, realistic steps that if businesses are, are thinking about anti-racism work or how to be, you know, a less racist <laughs> capitalistic company, um, we changed our, we changed out two holidays, one of them being President's Day. I can't remember which the other one is. I think it's one of the veteran holidays and it was just by votes. It just got less votes. So it's just, that's how, how it happened. But we did gain Indigenous Peoples Day and we did gain um, Juneteenth. So um, I just thought yes. those were really important. Whoever's listening, if you're an HR or you're a leader in your business or whatever, and you're trying to take some steps, I think that's a really, um, it's an, a quote unquote easier way to, to reflect those values. Um, so I worked and uh, yeah, I was like, there's it, President's Day is about a bunch of white guys most, and some of them slave owners and some of them racists and like one half black guy. So it's fine. Like, you know, <laughs> and I haven't seen his uh, birth certificate yet. So who knows if he's even right. from here. <laughs> right. I don't even know if he's from here. Give me those emails from fucking uh, Hillary. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's keep going there. Well, we have just celebrated uh, the Lunar New Year, the Chinese New Year, um, which is always an exciting time, especially, you know, I live in North Beach and the Chinatown fireworks happen all month long. So I'm really missing that right now. But but something really frightening that we haven't talked about and it's been going on for some time, I think, uh, yeah, we, we both agreed we really need to, to talk about right now and, and just let everybody know what's going on. Yeah, so the attacks on our Asian Pacific Islander communities, specifically elderly, um, for one reason or another, I've been really um, ramping up. Um, there was one high-profile incident that happened in San Francisco. It was an 84-year-old man, man who was actually pushed to his death um, in my neighborhood about five blocks away. And um, I think that happened in January. I think it was January 31st. And um, after that, um, there uh, was a series of events in Oakland's Chinatown, um, one being caught on camera, uh, another elderly Asian person um, being pushed. I don't believe he passed away, but pushed pretty hard um, by someone, by an assailant. Um, there was a Filipino man in New York that was slashed on the subway. His face was slashed. Um, and then I know there are countless other attacks that have been happening across the country. Um, it's nothing new, but there is a spike in this. I don't know if it's because of the Lunar New Year. I don't know if it's because of COVID um, and the ongoing rhetoric rhetoric around it being a, the Chinese flu or Chinese virus that was started by uh, the former president, number 45. Um, but it's it's for me, it sparked a lot of um, things just to think about and to um, just think about the Asian community, you know, um, we've been, we've been called the model minority for a long time. And um, that's really hurtful <laughs> because it's put us in a place in society um, 
that other cultures are kind of looked down upon, but Asian cultures have been lifted up, um, not because they wanted to, is because American society um, kind of put that that title and that that name on us. Um, and I really feel um, personally, my family and my father, I felt really embodied the model minority. It's just rough. I don't know. I, I have a lot of feelings about it. I heard Debbie Kamabel talking about it a little bit and really supporting and being an ally and was like, you know, the Asian, the Asian community is complicated. Um, there's also a lot of Asian, elderly Asian community members um, that aren't for the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, there's a lot of internal racism within the Asian community. So there's just a lot of, lot of things to kind of parse out in this moment. So, um, you know, I posted, I don't think Ange saw it, but I posted on our Instagram uh, about us not being the model minority and, um, you know, the people that were so passionate and including us for Black Lives Matter, I hope the same people will stand up for our community as well. So um, I do, I do believe, and maybe it sounds naive, like we all have to unite against violence, um, against any Black, Brown, person. Um, and we're, are, we're stronger in numbers. So, um, and I, I, you know, make me think about and reflect about bitch talk, like bitch talk is, is an activist title really for, for our podcast. You know, it's, it's also another jab at being a model minority, right? Um, when you hear bitch talk, you don't think that two Asian chicks or three with Char are going to walk into the room and, and have the conversations that we do. So I'm talking a lot. And you want to say anything? <laughs> you covered it all. I, I just want to say that we talk about it all the time that just being Asian American isn't one thing. You know, it's such an umbrella term, but we're so different and we're so unique in our own different cultures. And we're not just going to sit back and be quiet and passive, which is just such a huge misconception of just Asians in general. And um, no, fuck that. You know, what's happening is not right. And, um, and we're going to stand up for that. We're not afraid to fight for just ha as we have for, for any other injustice, um, just the right to be respected and, and treated as equals. So I appreciate the folks that have uh, reached out to me um, and to reach out to Bitch Talk, which is great. Um, there's a lot of shares of what we posted on our Instagram, um, which was great. And, um, you know, people are asking, what can we do? What can we do? It's, it's um, just raising the profile of what is happening, but also raising the profile of Asian voices. I've seen other Asian voices say the same thing. It's like, put us on the platforms. Um, if you have a big platform and you want to amplify voices of, of Asians and Asian Americans, then just do it. Um, there's a lot of us. There's a lot of us doing really cool shit out there that's not your typical Asian shit. <laughs> so I like to say, because we are painted into a box and um, there's a lot of great um, resources out there. I've been uh, following Amanda Nguyen on Instagram. She's great. Um, the actor Daniel Day Kim has been really integral, integral into um, what's happening and raising awareness. Um, if you just go to his Instagram page, he has tons of resources um oakland chinatown they have a ton of resources um and then there's stop asian hate 
that has great resources. Um, our friend, you know, Ray Ramos, you can go to his Instagram or Twitter. He's always got resources. So yeah, I would just say, just go Google. And also in, in the way that Black Lives Matter and, and, you know, who do you trust and who you don't? It's like, well, follow the breadcrumbs. Who do you trust online and go from there? That's my biggest piece of advice. On that note, on to pleasure. Oh my All God. All right, so should we call it minute of pleasure or moment of pleasure? Because moment sounds good too. Bitch talks moment of pleasure. Sure, whatever you want to call it. Of pleasure. You guys, one one minute, his- <laughs> one minute of pleasure. <laughs> yeah, no, that one minute of pleasure brings back too many bad memories of uh, right. bad dates. And, yeah, and, uh, one and done. One minute. <laughs> yeah. One no, minute. for those of you listening, talk about living through uh, historic moments in time. This is our first ever. Welcome, off the cuff. Yeah. <laughs> And I've kind of been thinking in my head, like, fuck, what am I going to say? And I, I'll give you, I'll give you my mo- you moment if you want. Yeah. My moment of, moment of pleasure, which is very dark, but it doesn't matter, is that Rush Limbaugh died because he's a piece of shit. You're I welcome. did not fucking know that. Just he died today. today. Yep. Oh. Bye. Wow. Yep. See you later. That's my moment of pleasure. Well, mine is real different. That's okay. Okay, so there's a backstory to mine. (laughs) It starts with me being a victim of capitalism, which is not pleasurable at all. But uh, so I had to go to Costco to cancel. Take (laughs) take my okay. Costco is my place of pleasure. I mean, yeah, just drop Ange in Costco. I've talked about it before. Even though during the pandemic we can no longer have food samples, that takes away a lot of the pleasure. But there's still plenty. (laughs) You just almost spit. Okay. There's still plenty of pleasure to be had at Costco, sure. including the happy ending of the $1.50 hot dog and soda at the end. That's sure. the happy ending. Oh. So anyway, okay, so I go to Costco because, okay, this is also sad. We had to take our dad's name off of our accounts oh, and all these things and, and just kind of whatever. So anyway, we're standing at customer service and everybody, customer service is always located where uh, by the exit. So we're right, seeing right. everybody leave. And these carts are filled with these baby Yoda pillows and they're fucking huge. They're like 20 inch pillows and like everybody has them. And my sister and I are like, what's up with this fucking pillow? Why does everybody have this pillow? One cart had just 10 pillows and not even anything else. And they were all just smushed, like 20 inch huge. So after watching all these people go by, because we had to be there for a while, we were like, I think I need a pillow. What is it? Everybody has this pillow. I that one. <laughs> So as soon as we were done with customer service, we went and we're like, oh my God, I hope they're not out. And we rushed to the entrance where the baby Yoda pillows were. We got three of them. And I mean, who needs a 20 inch baby? Yoda you pillow? didn't even need that when you walked into Costco. No, I didn't. But let me tell you, it is the softest. It's filled with like marshmallows and oh. little farts or whatever. Oh, sure. But it just, you squeeze it and it's huge and it's round. So anyway, okay, so we bought three of them because we needed one for my mom's house and then my sister needed one and then we got one for my other sister because, just, because everybody was having them, right? Okay, so for $20. You don't even like Star Wars. I don't even all. know Star you Wars. You don't even know what Baby No, I Yoda watched is. the old ones. I know <laughs> what it looks like. No, and that's another thing. I could give a fuck about Baby Yoda. Yeah, you don't give two shits. But I do think it's a very cute looking thing. And I love stuffed animals. I've always loved stuffed animals. So anyway, we bought three of them. They filled the fucking cart and they were $20 each. I mean, (laughs) guys. And then, listen, shut up and listen. This is my pleasure moment. 
So we come home and we bring them home and my sister looks them up. They're $60 normally at like Walmart, at even Amazon, at all these places. They're like $60 plus this pillow that we got for $20. And since then I have napped on the baby Yoda. I watch movies hugging the baby Yoda and my mom today napped hugging it as well. And I cover it with this essential oil. That's like calming lavender, whatever the fuck peppermint. Yeah. 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 So I cover it in this oil and then we hug it and we nap with it. This baby Yoda. Okay. I, give, I could give a fuck about star Wars or, but yeah, but that's my pleasure for the day. I like it very different than mine, but I love <laughs> it. Just- it was, there was a lot of, yeah, I took you, I took you for a ride, but the point is this $20 pillow that is on sale everywhere else for $60 has brought our family great joy in the last Aww. And actually your dad, your dad brought you there. To Costco? Yeah. Oh, that was, yeah, that was where but I mean, shopping. you know, Costco no, I mean, reminds me of my dad every time like, I go. But the yeah. reason you went was not for a great thing, but it was, it was something you had to do for your, you know, for your dad. But yeah. he got you to Costco, which got you the baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah. And and maybe a hot dog still? Actually, yeah. Or did you not? I'm ashamed that I didn't get one because my si- Okay, this is too- TMI, but my sister that I was with was having a colonoscopy the next day. Oh, so she topical. couldn't have a hot dog. Right, have yeah. to fast. Yes. And I didn't want to sh- shove it in her face. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. 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 Uh, so... Because of my love for her, I did not have a hot dog, and that took That's a lot. That's so nice of you. Yeah. That's how much I love. Yeah. Next time, just get two to make up for this last one. Yeah, otherwise, my pleasure story would have been a lot easier. It would have been like $1.50 hot dog at Costco. Boom. Right. That's my yeah. pleasure story. Done. Well, y'all, that's our first uh, moment of pleasure <laughs> from Bitch Talk. You're going to have many more. And uh, that's our second basic bitch of the year. And thanks for listening to us just ramble and talk shit. And we'll talk to you soon. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions.